Oftentimes, we do what we do because, well, because that's the way we've done it. In a recent PBS documentary, a survivor of the Holocaust talks about when he was separated from his parents. The last words from his father were, do not forget our tradition. It wasn't do not forget our God or our religion. It was do not forget our tradition. Often, traditions become more important than God. Perhaps, in order to grow spiritually, we need a tradition amputation, the death of an old limb, like pruning a tree, in order to grow rather than become complacently traditional. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. I'm Jared Lutz, and with us we have three panelists that will be helping us with the study, and I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Annie Coriolan. My name is Marcel Ashley. And my name is Zoviel Charles. Excellent. Zoviel, would you mind uh, opening up with scripture and with prayer, please? Absolutely. It reads, John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you so much for today and this, just this opportunity for us to come here and just talk about you and to discuss. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be in this place as we um, discuss this topic today. We love you and thank you so very much. In your precious name we do pray. Amen. Amen. When we talk about uh, being born again, like the, the, the scripture says, I think that often for non-Christians, that can be a really difficult concept uh, to, to be born again. Because really only we only think about being born once. You're born, you live, you die. That's essentially what we're looking at when we talk about life. But as Christians, we understand that it's a little bit different. Uh, what I want to know is, what does it mean uh, that it is only by dying that we can truly live? What does that mean to you? I think dying here means living everything in the past. So living, just being born again, having a new life, just living everything in the past and not letting it affect your new life. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, for me, when I hear dying is completely dying to self, dying to our... What do you mean by that? What do you mean by dying to the self? Dying to self for me is anything that I desire, anything that I want that is not of God is just dying to self. You know, we have our own desires. We may want that job or something that might not be what God wants for us. And that's, for me, it's just dying completely to my desires and just looking to what God wants for me in my life. You said something that I find interesting. You said that um, uh, that might not be what God wants for us. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I think that we often hear that in church. Uh, mm -hmm. We have to do what God wants for us. We have to search out what God wants for us. How do we find or how do we know what <laughs> God wants for us? Because right. I, I think that can be a really difficult thing to try to discover. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, go ahead. <laughs> I guess through his word and just being connected to him, mm. like praying, mm -hmm. just because God, he shows you signs throughout your life. He guides you in the direction that he wants you to go. Hmm. So just listening to him, being in constant communication with him, right. that's how you find out what he wants from you. Okay. Mm. 
Anything else? I don't know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> tough know. Question, isn't like, it? Yeah, the go-to is, is always like, yeah, the word, um, read. And so then I would be like, oh, well, yeah, that Jesus. Like, that's that's both the living word and that's what all this is talking about right, is Jesus. Yeah, but yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Like, you, <laughs> you, there, I don't know, you just, well, the Pharisees, they, yeah. they searched the scriptures because they thought that in them they had life. Right. But they didn't get life from that. They didn't oh, grow. Right. They didn't get a rebirth from just the word. They didn't exactly. know what they were supposed to be doing. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I, you're talking about like it's God that works in us to will and to do his will. But what does that mean? And I, I think it's, I, I totally agree. I think that it's a lot harder now and since Jesus was on earth because obviously if we were alive in Bible times, we could ask him. You could say, what do you want us to do? I want you to follow me and, and be fishers of men. And I do think that that's still applicable today. Uh, obviously, we're, we're supposed to carry out that, that mission. But when it comes down to the daily and, and, and the nitty gritty and mm -hmm. oh, what kind of job do I go for? Who do I look for as a spouse? What do mm -hmm. I do? I agree. It, it's, a, it's a tough question to, to, to figure out what are we supposed to do? Even though it's tough, and I agree with you, it, once you have that relationship with God and you're connected with Him, God shows you through many things mm -hmm. um, what you need to do in your life or how He wants you to grow or who He wants you to marry, you know? And I think it just depends on how He talks to you and how you relate to Him. But what do you... Because I heard you start out with um, God shows you. Right. And so, like, if we're trying to find God's will, what what what's our part in that? Like, how do right. we find out God's will if God is the one that shows it to us? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see what you mean. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I just from my experiences, um, even with my relationship with my husband, mm -hmm. um, just to see how God placed us together. And it's like, you know what's God, just to see where he placed us, where we are now. It's like, who else could have done that? Man. But God, you know, um, who else would have placed me in my job where I was? But God, like, I just feel like God shows me through, um, you know, if I pray and I ask for something and I'm like, oh, wow, that's exactly what I pray for. Then I know that it's God. But I, I just feel like everybody's um, experience is different. Yeah. Do you not, when you said, uh, if, I, if I pray and I see that God has answered that, do you think that that's also kind of a dangerous game to play? Like a, we find God and the answers for our prayers, yeah. like expecting certain things mm -hmm. to happen. Yeah. I think so too. And I, I think that when we're talking about this question, what does it mean to have to, to die or to be born again? I agree. Uh, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that we're on the right track or on some kind of a track <laughs> when, we, when we talk about, uh, you know, w what it means to look for our purpose, our calling. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a very good point. Um, now, you, you brought up something, and I, I kind of want to go back to that. When we look at um, how to figure out uh, if God is telling us to do a certain thing or not, how do you think that God communicates with us today? Because when, uh, when we don't have Jesus here physically, like they did during this time period in mm -hmm. the Bible, how do you think he speaks to us? Mm -hmm. I, I think he puts other people, you know, in our path, you know, things, events that happens in, your, mm -hmm. in our life. We can definitely see that God is speaking mm -hmm. to you. I agree. So it wouldn't be so much as a, you know, physical interaction right. as some, you know, you would hear a voice coming from heaven or something like that. But it's just the events that happen in your life, people that he places in your life, he speaks through other people to you. Mm -hmm. so I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Thank you. 
I think he speaks through a lot of different ways. Um, and now I'm going to go back and completely contradict something that I just said a second ago. No problem. Just let, We're allowed um, to do that. <laughs> very that's, contradictory. That's good. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go to just the Bible, right? Like, right. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to actually read from it yet. That's but all good. I'm going to use it as an example. Um, yeah, I think God speaks through a lot of different ways. Um, but the way I look at it is like the, the Bible is sort of a, like a like a translator or a like a, a key to solving mm. it. Like, I, I don't know if key was the right word, I, but I mean key is in like a puzzle key. Oh, okay, all right, sense. right, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Kinda that like it's like, context clues yeah, or, you yeah. read through these stories, you see the way God interacted with these people so that when these things start happening to you, you notice, ah, oh, that's, I saw God do that with Elijah. Example. I saw God do okay, that so with, with Christ. Right. God said this, and right. so this must be God. Well, actually, let's take a look at an example. Uh, if we can open up to John 3, uh, let's go to John 3, and then we're going to... Actually, Mar Marcellus, would you read John 3, 1 through 15, if you can... Yes. You're there already? 1 through 15? Yeah. Right. Maybe not the whole thing. Let's just start <laughs> off. <laughs> and we can just see it where we get. Chunks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I find anything that's worth talking about, we'll right, talk about right. it. Yeah. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do, do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I'm going to pause you right there. Uh, and so if that's how Jesus is explaining uh, to Nicodemus what it means to be born again, do you think that being born again is, is purely that physical act of, of the water and everything, or do you think that there's more to it than that? Oh, there has to be. It goes spirit. He didn't just say water. He said water and Good. spirit. Right. And then he emphasizes or he explains the spirit part. He doesn't go back to the water and be like, oh, this is what I meant with the water. Right. He starts to explain the, the spirit part. Yeah. Um, Do you think it's possible as Christians to kind of get hung up on uh, maybe it could just be the water thing? We get baptized, we think everything's going to be fine, we don't need to make any changes. And uh, What do you think about that? Well. <laughs> <laughs> you I seem mean, like you have something on I your know, mind. I know, what I was thinking. Say um, it, whatever you got. Well, we know that the power is not in the water. It's right. just water, right? right. So um, it has to. Be, it's a transformation with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that that transforms our mind and our hearts and everything. Because I mean, we take showers and you know it's water. <laughs> Nothing I mean, really happens, right? We, <laughs> we, we still go stay. swimming, yeah, right? Exactly. We go into water all the time, but just when you make that commitment and you allow the Holy Spirit to change you, then, you know, it's different. Now, I, I don't know if you, if you guys remember when you were baptized or, or not. Did you think, uh, or if you've ever seen baptisms, do you think that you, right when you make that commitment, like everything is going to be different, like your whole life is going to change? That's when, I feel like that's when right. you expect. Yeah. To, now, <laughs> until you get baptized, does that you get out of water. <laughs> does like, that hey. expectation typically match with reality? Or do we deal with the same it, kind it of didn't, stuff? It didn't for me. <laughs> no. But also, ahead, yeah. oh man, I don't like thinking about my baptism, to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you. Like, it just, it feels a traumatic like, experience. It feels so, I don't know. 
Yeah, but when I, as soon as, as soon as I, I was, I was baptized when I was younger, um, and I was like 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's young to some people, maybe, but right. um, like immediately I was vegan, and I like made my parents throw everything. So you out. went oh like straight <laughs> lifestyle change. Yeah. That was it, right? I was just okay. like, no, and and my, I have a lot of family who's already that way. I still can't be that way. Vegan and so we've always <laughs> argued back and forth about this music and this music, and no, not this gospel music, and not this type of gospel music. And I got, well, yeah, when I was baptized, I was like, everyone over there is right. This family is right. We got to right. get rid of everything. And very slowly, I was like, I don't know if this is. I don't know that I believe this. Mm. That brings up a good point. Do you think that baptism could be, maybe unnecessarily, I think it unnecessarily, but perhaps unintentionally a confusing experience for some? It can if they don't understand what baptism is about or Mm. what it really means because some people may think, okay, I'm going to get baptized, I'm good, I don't need to follow up, you know, but some other people, at least for me, as I was baptized when I was 10, Mm -hmm. but... um, I, just for me, I felt like it was important for me to get rebaptized when I was at Andrews mm. because it was, it was a public um, declaration that God, I want to do this thing for real again, you know, right. um, and just being able to study with my, well, then my boyfriend then husband now, <laughs> I was able to like, oh man, there's so many things that I didn't know before right. that he opened my eyes to that right. God showed me like, wow, this is what this is me. This is what salvation is about. And then, you know, yeah, you get that feeling and everything, but it's just kind of like you want to stick to this commitment that you just made publicly. You know, so. Especially when you're born in the church, it's kind of, you're oh, expected yeah. Yeah, 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 to get yeah. baptized. Yeah. Right, so by yeah. this age, they're like, okay, yeah. it's baptism like the, is coming up. It's right. like a tradition. Born, we have to get yeah. you into the church. We gotta, right. we have to, uh, what's that word? Commemorate, or what is it called? Uh, when we, when the baby, yeah, yeah, presented in the church and then baptized. It's like there's a timeline for, for Christians or for Adventists that we're, we're expected to follow. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think that's always how it needs to work or maybe probably how it should work either. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we talk about baptism, we talk about the, the, the kind of things that are supposed to come after or, or during or what have you. We often look at how, um, like what Christ said, uh, to do as, as disciples and as ministers of his gospel, um, to live and abide continuously in Christ. What does that mean? And, and, and again, in a, a modern context, what does it mean to live or to abide continuously uh, in and with Christ? Think about it. I know. <laughs> These are the deep yeah. questions it is of life, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't know how to put it modern. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I started to try and think of where to find right. what I'm trying to do. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> It's a tough it's a lo- one. Yeah, it's a load of questions. Like, I don't, I don't well, know. Well, I, I think so. that um, I, I, on that question, I, I know that a, a, a friend of mine had, had been recently going through just a, a difficult time with her life, and, and, and she was talking about how she didn't know what to do to proceed. And I, I, was, I was struggling with... To perceive? Proceed, sorry, yeah, oh, to okay. proceed. And I, I, I didn't know necessarily how to answer that. And she was asking me, like, I know that I pray, and I, I know that I, there, there's all these, oft, often there's all these things that I want to pray about, but when we're talking about prayer, it seems like a, a one-time thing. Uh, like, either it's at night or in the morning or maybe on Sabbath and, and then not, never else. And I tried to help her out. I, I think that maybe if we looked at it in this context, uh, if we look at prayer as being our direct communication with Jesus, um, 
I don't know, maybe, uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on prayer? Do you think that prayer is a way of, of living and abiding continuously in Christ, maybe having a constant connection with Jesus? Yeah, I would say it's an aspect of it, definitely. Okay. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable with saying it's like the way. Right. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an aspect of it. It's an aspect of any relationship, just mm -hmm. communicating. But a relationship isn't entirely communication. Like no. you couldn't survive just talking over the phone with someone forever. Right. Mm -hmm. Two years. I've been long distance two years. <laughs> so it seems like forever. But uh, you know, and, and when we look at uh, when we look at these kind of things, um, I, I, I do think that you're right. Because relationships, and I think ultimately that's the goal, uh, is mm -hmm. to have a relationship with, with Christ and, and, and to, to grow in that relationship. There's not just one aspect of that. Uh, communication isn't the only part of that. Um, but when we're talking about continuously abiding in Christ, what other aspects would there be besides communication? If that's not it, what, what else do you think would be or would qualify living your life constantly with God? I guess not just the relationship with Christ, but also a relationship with other people who have the same belief mm -hmm. as you. Because like we often think that you know you can leave, you can't. We we're not made to be by ourselves, so we need to have a relationship with other people who are like-minded, who can who can help you throughout your walk with Christ, who can encourage you when you're going when you have a downtime. Mm -hmm. So that's also an important part of it, I mm -hmm. think. So surrounding yourself yeah, with people that are, are of the like mindset mm -hmm. and, and can help you grow. I agree with that, but I, I have such a, I've, lately I've had such a problem with that like, like-mindedness. Mm. Awesome. Um, because it feels like, like when I'm, I very rarely feel like I'm around people that I am, that are of the same mindset as me, but when I am, it does feel really nourishing. Mm. But like, it, I don't know, it, it seems like, it seems so isolating to like just does that make sense to like yeah. always be around people who just think the way that you do? Right. Mm -hmm. And it seems like God is constantly challenging the way that I think so that like, well, for example, a lot of my family doesn't think the way that I do. A lot of my, my in-laws don't think the way that I do. And so like my relationship with them is a constant challenge to everything that I believe. Hmm. Um, and it's not like it's wrong. They, they believe in Christ as well. Right. Their just experience has been different from mine. Right. And so it's, I've been struggling with this, with this, who, when, when is it time to be around people who are looking the same direction? And when is it time for me to see that someone else is looking somewhere else and see, oh, God's over there? Right. Right. I don't know. No, I understand. Mm -hmm. uh, this is just a, a, a general question, um, kind of going off of what you were saying. Do you think uh, when you're around people that believe the same things, do you think that sometimes you don't even feel qualified to talk to them because you all are, are of the same belief and what can you bring to the table as a yes. Christian? <laughs> why? Why Why do you think that's over? I, don't, I guess you get intimidated, you know. Um, you know, I guess sometimes being around like all seminarians and stuff, I get, <laughs> I get really, I was just there, I'm sitting, everybody's having the conversation and you just take... Because you you're, you're married to a pastor, right? I am married right, to a pastor, right. yes. So when he was, you know, in the seminary, we all get together and having these deep conversations and to what me... What do you I'm, add, right? Like what do you contribute? What do you contribute? And to me, I'm just like... <laughs> well, why do you guys think that way? Is it just so simple, you know? Why don't you just think this way? But obviously, I don't know. And I'm like, well, let me just be quiet. I don't think that was not <laughs> deep enough. I don't know. But 
What was the question again? It was a question. I'm sorry. Well, it, yeah. I, I, no, no, it, I don't you, remember, but you answered it. I think, did I? Okay. <laughs> you answered it. I think you did present <laughs> a good answer. Because yeah. what I was wanting to know is if you're around, just constantly around believers, right. people that believe and think the same way, I think that at least in my perspective, sometimes it feels like, what do I have to add? We're talking to people that understand the same things, that believe the same things. What can I contribute mm -hmm. that's ever going to make a difference? See, I understand what you guys are saying. Um, I, I sympathize with it, mm -hmm. but I'm the exact opposite. Like I, um, when I'm around, when I'm around people that I feel think the same way I do, mm -hmm. I want to connect with them. Like, I want right. to share more. Right. Right. But when I'm around people that I don't think, like I don't want to talk to you them. You just shut down because I feel like we're just gonna be, we're just gonna misunderstand each other, right. and I'm gonna misrepresent God to you, and I don't want to do that. Right. And I don't know. Now, if but I feel really weird, but I get what you guys are saying. Yeah, so. and not to interrupt, but if we're bringing this back to, to, to being born again, to growing in Christ, right. to, to, to being baptized, do you think uh, it would be harder to explain the concept of baptism to a believer or to a non-believer? Because I know that with, if you're growing up in, in the church, and if you've been in the church, sometimes you get a lot of preconceived notions about what stuff is. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you don't know at all what it could be, right. what do you think would be harder, to, to explain this kind of concept to someone that does not believe or to really try to make it clearer for someone who already was supposed to believe, mm -hmm. if, you, if, if that makes any sense? I, I think sometimes it might be harder to somebody who believes because they might already have an idea of what, you know, baptism is and they might not want to change their thinking, you. you know. So right. it's like trying to fix like a drawing or something, you know, and and then cuz you know they think this is the way it's supposed to look. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. So when you have a blank piece of paper you can draw anything you want you can create anything you want so somebody that is not a believer you can start anywhere just explain to them what baptism is about you right know? so I don't know that's just what I think <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense I feel more daunting coming into it trying to explain something to someone who doesn't know because I feel like, oh, there's so many things. Where do I start? Exactly. But you're yeah. right. It's so. It seems so much more simpler. And I keep thinking of um, the new wine and old wineskins, or a new patch mm -hmm. of old cloth. Mm -hmm. Like it, just, it seems new cloth seems to take easier to new cloth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that no matter what, in, in both aspects, it is kind of scary because if you're going up against, or, or, or not going up against, it's not like you're trying to. You need to get baptized. <laughs> this has to happen. But if you're if you're talking to someone that already has an idea of something. You're you're literally battling what that idea is, yeah. especially right. if yeah. it's it's been misconstrued in, in some way along the line. Absolutely. But at the same time, like what you're saying, Zovio, with the uh, with the blank sheets, I like that analogy mm -hmm. of drawing. If you mess up uh, that 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 drawing or, or mm -hmm. that depiction of where we're going right. uh, and and what the ultimate goal is, and if it's baptism, if it's a create, creating a, a good relationship with Christ. Um, both can be terrifying. I, I think both can be equally scary because they both carry a lot of weight right, yeah. for new believers and for old believers. Right. Now, if we were to look at the Lord's Prayer, uh, and, and I'm sure we all are, know it, and, and if we look at the Lord's Prayer, do you think that there are parts of that uh, that could help us to perhaps know Jesus better and what his intentions are for us? I would, I would I immediately go to um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so I see the plan as being the way that heaven it works, mm -hmm. the way that God's kingdom it works is what he intends for the rest of the kingdom, this under siege part of the kingdom, earth, mm -hmm. to work. 
that's immediately what I what I go to when I think it. Okay. Any other parts that, that really stand out? The forgiveness part stands out to me. Because uh, mm. it's not just forgive us our sins, but as we, as we forgive. Do, yeah. Yes. So mm. that really stands out to me as well. It just shows you how it's kind of shows you how you're supposed to live your life. You know, if he's for, he's forgiven of us, we're supposed to forgive as well. Oh, okay. Anything from you, Sophia? Any other parts that mm. you think are are there? Or I'm gonna be real. I need to look at it. Um, <laughs> no, that's fair. You, um, Zelvia, you actually want to read it for us? Oh, mm -hmm. absolutely. Okay. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So if we look at that, um, I, I, from my perspective, I think that there's a lot that speaks of what Jesus wants for us. I think it's, it's a lot of instruction uh, to forgive others, uh, to, to seek him, to let us do his will. It, it's a command. It's, it's, it's almost an invitation, but at the same time, he's saying, this is what you need to do uh, in order to properly minister, to completely minister. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just, I was reading this. I was like, oh, this um, verse 11, it says, give us this day our daily bread. Mm -hmm. That to me is like, that's spending time with God, you know, right. giving, being able to get into the, the word and stuff. So that spoke to me. Very good. Yeah. Uh, with this in mind, how do you think that healthy spiritual relationships uh, contribute to our spiritual growth? So if we look at other people's spiritual relationships, if we use models as that, or if we actually, well, if we can perceive what a healthy spiritual relationship is, how do you think that that helps us in our own personal walk? Yeah, I think like I mentioned earlier, just having someone that you can go to whenever you're going through something, someone who can encourage you, who can use the scripture to, you know, just, you know, encourage you in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's how we grow. That's how, well, for me, that's how God shows me what I need to take out of my life or chisel out of my life. You know, when you're able to um, talk to somebody that, you know, has the same beliefs that you do and they may see something that, oh, that's not, you know, quite right. And they obviously tell you in love. They're like, oh, man, that's what I need to fix. That's what I need to take out of my life. And that's for, my, for me, for my personal walk how God has molded me. Is there a way, now that we've been talking about this for a while, I know that physically we know when we've been baptized. Do you think that there's a way spiritually to know when we've been born again? That could be a tough question. That is a I, tough I know. Question. Do you think that there could be a way that we would know we've been born again? I don't know. I um, My... My question would be, um, is, is it something that, that is, is it a continuous process? Like, is it something, because um, what I think we're getting at with being born again is um, sanctification. Or maybe we're talking about justification, but if we're talking about sanctification, <laughs> sanctification is a long process. Like, right. it's, it's a very drawn out thing. Um, it's not something that just, it takes constant, well, I keep thinking of a plant now. Like you have to water a plant every day. Right. It needs sunlight every day. It's not just like it gets the water once and that's good. <laughs> right. It'll survive the next year. Right. <laughs> It'll wither. Right. 
Well, excellent. I, I, I appreciate all the uh, the conversation that we've been able to have. And unfortunately, we are just about out of time. Uh, if you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. Again, that's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Jared Lutz.